Hi, welcome back to another episode of Making Learning Special, where we discuss everything from parenting strategies to early childhood development, all the way to the realities of parenthood. I'm your host, Madonna Lazo-Smith, and with me is my husband and co-host, Zach Smith. So here we are in episode number 14. So last week, we talked about the differences between delays and disorders and why that can be important to know. And today we're continuing our discussion, but talking more about the differences between speech and language and the reasons for why this can be very important to know, especially if your child is going through an assessment right now, if your child's going to speech therapy right now, and you have concerns about your child's overall speech speech and language development. Um, you know if it's just speech or if you know if it's just a language or maybe both. These are different things actually. And why it's really important to know the rationale behind this so we know exactly what to target and you have this information. So I'm just gonna go straight to it. What's the difference between speech and language. I'm going to go into more of what is language. So Zach's still over here listening. So if you have any questions, Zach, let me know. Language yeah. encompasses what you're understanding and how you're expressing it. Language is receptive language. So the understanding of language, understanding questions, following directions, comprehension, and language is also what you're expressing. This can be your body language, your use of gestures, American Sign Language goes into this and the use of words and your vocabulary. This is language. On the other hand, what speech is, is specifically your speech sounds, what you're articulating. And that's the main difference. Any questions so far? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't wanna say it's self-explanatory, but I kind of got an idea of what the differences were because speech is obviously pertaining to verbal, and then language is pertaining to any way that you can convey a message to anyone, regardless of how you do it. Um, but now I understand that it's also the receptive part. So not only what you're able to portray to others and, you know, if you have to get a message across, but also what you are um, comprehending and what you're receptive to when they're trying to communicate with you as well in whatever way, shape or form. So no, so far, so good. Carry all on. Right, all right, cool. So yeah, speech is the speech sound your child is producing. And why this is important to know is that if you have concerns about your child's speech and or language, we need to um, figure out which one it is or if it's both and why we need to target one more than the other. Which one do you think, Zach? Which one is more, um, if you have a child and they might be experiencing a difficulty with speech and language, which one would um, we target first? Um, not the speech therapist, oh, wait, which one wondering. Wait, 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 wait. Which one would you target first or which one do I think is like more important? Well, that's obviously probably the one that you're going to target first, <laughs> right? Well, I would say which way is heavier as compared to some. Um, to so which one is more language? important, I guess we can yes, say. Yes. I would say language. Yeah, and you're right. So language, if your child is experiencing both a speech delay or speech disorder and a language delay or disorder, it would be language that you would want to target first. And the reason for this sense. is that you can't practice speech sounds and do drills and know exactly like, okay, put your tongue back, put your tongue up. If your child is not understanding what you're saying. Let me pause real fast. Let's talk a little bit about why language is important, which is, I know that's what we're doing, but let's talk. Cause I, that was going to be actually be my reasoning. Language is more important because of how much goes into it versus just speech oh, yeah. where it's just 
like blah 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 but um yeah like you said let's talk about the that sometimes you just have to teach a kid how to okay roll your put your tongue in the back of your mouth put your tongue in the back of the teeth whatever it is like it's it's let, just share because it is interesting just share a couple of the strategies and the techniques that you use with some of these kids when you have to get really creative to help them produce certain sounds that they're in like, they're just not capable of doing because they need a little bit of assistance right what was that one where you had them put a little um honey at the end of a stick or what was it peanut butter at a stick remember and put on their bottom lip or something like that with one of the kids do you remember that to produce oh, a to make them sound? like um to make the mm sound or put chapstick on and you automatically go mm for, for kids who have a hard time making the m sound or the p sound my favorite one though for articulation is making the s sound where kids have a hard time knowing where the um airflow is and you have a straw and you have to breathe um you have to make the s sound through mm. the straw that's one of my favorites yeah so that's <laughs> why and that's why i think that I think language is more important because there's just so much more to it than just producing sounds because yes. you can teach mm -hmm. a kid relative, I don't want to say easy, but like relatively easy, I guess, compared to overall language uh, as a whole, just because you can do certain drills that help them practice how to manipulate their mouth and, and the airflow coming out of it in order to produce the sound that you want them to produce, right? You can practice that. That's, that's fine. A speech delay, we understand is not an, an, issue per se with the kid it's just like hey i just need a little bit of practice is all it really is right um whereas language issues they can't like they don't know how to receive language and comprehend it in a way where they can actually act upon it or whatever i mean obviously i feel like it's it's common sense that that's going to be much more important because mm -hmm. if you're if your kid doesn't have any type of language how, uh, how will they exactly how yeah. will they even be a functioning member of society Mm -hmm. is kind of the question I'm asking here. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of, for me, it feels like it's common sense as to why language is more important, but uh, go ahead. Just, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it is, it was, it is interesting when you tell me some of the strategies that you use to help these kids produce the sounds. And I'm like, Oh, never thought of it like that. Like you had them do, I think it was, a, um, I think it was an F you told me that they had put like a little honey on the stick or something like put on their lip and they're like, like try to bite it now try to bite the 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 peanut butter or the honey or whatever now blow air out of it like I, it was something like that man yeah uh, no was, there's a was, lot of really fun strategies but before you even get into that um to these if your child is having difficulties making certain sounds you also have to take into consideration not all sounds are made equal but before right. we even talk about that if you haven't tuned into the previous episode i highly encourage you to tune into that um, talking about delays and disorders but right now we're specifically talking about speech and language language is again we can learn um we can learn speech sounds maturation the way we mature usually kids are able to um we understand them as they get older right but with language kids need a lot of input from us when we're learning language you know they are understanding first there's a lot that goes into them attending right mm. they can't learn language if they're um, bouncing off the walls or if they can't focus for example if they're not looking at your face so there's a lot of components to language because how are we um able to to target sounds if they're having a difficult time with sounds if they're not going to sit down and be able to uh, play for a long period of time with you and things like that or um we covered this how they're understanding so how what's the earliest now speaking of language is receptive language okay now what's the youngest on average that a kid can start understanding their first word like whether it be mom or dad or milk you know what i mean if you say mom they look your direction or 
if you say milk, they're like, they know milk is coming. What, what's the earliest that they can actually start to understand like some words? Oh yeah, a few months old, I would even say. You start noticing it as a parent, I would say maybe even as early, um, even like six months, four to six months, where um, at first they're only tuning into the sound that they hear. Even when the kids are, um, when babies are in their mom's womb, they could start recognizing their mom's voice as compared to somebody else's voice. That they start to actually um, tune into their native language versus a language that's more foreign to them. We know this from research because of their sucking reflex, right? When they put, for example, you know, mom's voice, they suck a little bit more versus if it's somebody else or if they are talking like or milk? somebody's talking in their native like, language. Hold on, like milk? Um, a pacifier. A pacifier. Mm -hmm. Okay, got you, got you. Okay, because yeah. I was going to say, you got to clarify that a little bit more because is that was that like a study that they did on babies just to see how um, receptive they were to their mother's, was it voice or name? Yeah, or native it? language and to mother's voice and stuff. Yeah, there's studies like that. Oh, wow. So they understand fairly early on, a few months old, they start to turn to mom's voice. They start to do the signs, milk and things like that. Yeah. So this is actually all part of language. So when somebody asks, oh, what is your um, child's first word, for example, it can be milk or can be mom. But basically, language is the vocabulary your child is using. When they're starting to put what um, a symbol, right, because words and sounds are just a bunch of symbols that we put meaning to, they put a meaning to that symbol, right? I'm just I'm just still interested in how <laughs> the baby just sucks the pacifier harder when they hear the mom's voice. Isn't that crazy? Do they just think like the mom's boobies going to come out of nowhere and milk's going to start coming out? Is that what the deal is? Or well, no, because you've built this connection with your child. Right. And they know um, it, it's basically, you know, how we did with Ace, like skin to skin. Well, but okay. But like, dude, if I say, if, if, if I start talking, right. And Ace is like, oh, that's my dad's voice. That's my dad's face. He could be like, blah, 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 blah. Right. Talking doesn't have to suck pacifiers like harder. So is it like just a reflex of like, I think I'm going to get breastfed now or, or was that just the, that was just the parameters of the, of the study. They just like, Hey, this is just a way that we can do it uh, consistently, I guess. Cause all babies can suck on a pacifier. It's because sucking, um, sucking is a reflex for a time being. So they measure like, cause they can't basically look one way or another or no. Right. So right. what's one way that they can measure a change in their behavior at their um, young age. It was the most quantifiable yeah. metric that they can use. It's sucking a pacifier. So um, okay. it's pretty reliable. It's pretty crazy how yeah. early on kids begin to learn how to communicate and what um, that language piece. It's crazy, right? It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I never heard that one, actually. It's, it is interesting. <laughs> so the first step, parents, really, is, is your child experiencing a language delay or are they experiencing a speech delay or are they um, experiencing both? And when they're experiencing both, we want to tailor that language portion first before we can even tailor that speech part. And what I always tell parents, unless it's really, really um, negatively impacting a child, for example, we usually don't work on speech when a child is under three years old because of that maturation piece. We usually understand kids about when they're the, around two to three years old, about 50 to 75% of the time. So 
you know, you have, you could imagine that their little mouths aren't making all those harder sounds. And by harder sounds, I mean, the R sound is hard. The S, the L sound is hard. The TH sound is hard. And you know, some languages don't even have the R sound. They interchange R and L. Right. Which is kind of interesting too, because now you're talking about why certain countries have certain accents it's because their alphabet and sounds are different they're either non-existent or whatever it may be which is something that i learned from you as well um it is it is very interesting actually so so let's use an example let me let me throw one at you like okay um you know how you hear in asian culture some of the, the there's no i guess in korea in korea mm-hmm. they're like hero right mm-hmm. more like a hero it's harder for them to produce the l sound I don't obviously we don't know Korean right but would that be because they don't have an L sound in their language they do they I, I believe what with Korean and Japanese culture and and a lot of the Asian languages is mm-hmm. some of them they either don't have that sound or they interchange them like they're interchanging interchange them got mm-hmm. you yeah yeah that's interesting I don't want to go too off topic because I know like I know like accents and accent modifications like a whole other topic but it's just it's just since we touched on it I just wanted to ask about it because it is interesting that when I found out that the reason why there's different accents is not just because of the language you're speaking but because of the alphabet that they have and well, not every country has the entire 26 letters like we have yeah, which yeah. I'm like whoa okay well okay. and also just an interesting fact to throw out there about accent modification is or um just thinking about you know there's Australian English there's English English, American English, there's England English, and True. and um, what really makes a quote quote accent is the vowels in that language. How we say a vowel may be a little bit different from how um, another English speaker says says a vowel in their quote quote accent, right? Yeah. So hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yes. Why do people from the South sound differently from the people from like the, the West Coast or, or oh, the well, Northeast? Well, we're trailing a little bit, but you know that um, the R is one of the most, uh, it's the most common sound in the English, um, what is it? English vocabulary, English what? Alphabet? language, <laughs> English, English, English language. The R is the most common sound that comes out, but R, interestingly enough, can be counted as a vowel, A E I O U, which is kind of confusing. So there's um, the R takes the sound of whatever other sounds is around it. Very interesting. Weird. Okay, <laughs> well, we won't dive into <laughs> maybe we'll dive maybe, hey, maybe we'll dive into like accents and stuff like that. Maybe one other time, just for the sake of doing it, because it is a very interesting topic when you start to actually understand how they're produced, why they're produced, and why some people sound a certain way even though they're speaking the same language. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not sorry. Sorry. Distract you a little no, bit. No, no. This is all actually has to do with speech. So I want to go tell back. Why did you tell me that we're venturing off then? <laughs> kind of, kind of into speech. Well, okay. We... So no, go ahead. Like, did you have any other points that you wanted to, to cover in, you know, regarding language? Cause I'm just over here just learning and asking questions that randomly pop up in my mind regarding this topic discussion, because this is, although I'm a little familiar with it, obviously I'm not the expert. So yeah, go ahead. Keep, keep going. And if I have another question, I'm just going to keep on asking away. Whether yeah, well, I want to cover a, whether a couple it's other way things. off or not. I don't care. I'm going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to cover other uh, um, a little other things because we cover a lot of language, and um, and then in other episodes we really touch on language, receptive, expressive language, vocabulary, but not necessarily speech. So, for example, if a parent tells me, "Oh, my child isn't making the R sound," or they make the D for the TH sound and things like that, I really consider how old is the child? Is it really affecting them negatively, or or, um, yeah, 
basically, is it how are they producing the sound and how much do you understand them is the big thing. There's a, a bigger picture with speech and language, right? So not all sounds are created equally is one big thing that I want you to take away. And for example, the P, the B, the M, the the F when they're a little bit What's older. that one thing that you made you made me practice for? Pataka, pataka, pataka. Oh, yeah, you remember that. You remember that. Yeah, pataka. what is that? Pataka is basically just showing pataka, um, pataka, how pataka, you pataka. are um, motorically putting together your sounds. How is your brain connecting to your mouth, basically? Pataka. <laughs> Some, sometimes so like, so like so like motor movement motor, motor planning that's like a rapper exercise then <laughs> like your ability to think it, a yeah. certain thought or a certain sound and produce it like quickly yeah because some, it sounds like some it sounds kids, like it, it sounds like sops can help rappers man who want to who want to rap faster because <laughs> well, you said it's, talk, it's talking about the brain not? signal producing the sound you know what i mean and in, in, in like quickly right I mean, otherwise, I why the heck would you make me say it so fast? <laughs> huh? I said, I wonder if Eminem had an SLP. <laughs> yeah, who knows, man? But the dude has, Just, he has a record for, you know, the song where he said the most words. I think it was Rap God, I think, that he sung that was uh, in the Guinness Book of World Records for most words in any one song. I forgot how many words it was. I'm, I might be way off here, but it's like over like 500 words in one song. Because he has that one verse where he just like goes off. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, going back to it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I was wrong. It's not 500 words. It's 1,560 words in the song. <laughs> <laughs> you looked it up. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> putika, putika, putika. <laughs> All right, Mr. Putika. I can't believe you remember that. I feel like I said that to you in, back in grad school and made you practice that or something. You did. <laughs> you made me but... do a few things you probably don't even remember. Go, going back to sounds, um, you know, with kids, what, one sound can be difficult compared to another sound. One syllable can also be, or what is it? Three syllables can also be difficult as compared to one syllable, right? And for other kids, a word is simple to make and you understand them. But once they start stringing words together, they might be more difficult to understand. And I'm going to throw a speech term in there. It's called speech intelligibility. It's intelligibility is how much you understand your child in connected speech for the most part, right? And by the time they're about five to six years old, you should be able to understand them about 90 to 100% of the time. When they are, you know, like one and a half um, to two years old, you understand them about 50% of the time, but they're speech articulators or their motor movements and all those are really getting refined. I'll have to find a video and I'll um, put an example out there of Ace saying certain words at one and a half versus how he says words now, for example. So their motor movements really, really mature and like fairly natural. That, that's, that's an example I know off the top of my head right now when he was 16, 17 months old. Remember when we'd point to, hey, hey, look at that, look at that machine. What is that called? Remember he'd say excavator. Excavator. Remember, now he says that's an excavator. Now he pronounces it much, much better. But yeah, that's actually one where when he was just under one and a half, he would say excavator. And now at just being three, he can say it completely perfectly excavator. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. And a strategy that we use and pretty typically parents often use, but you might not notice it, is that when your child is saying, for example, um, a, a have a kiddo who um, deletes the last word in his in his uh, word or the leads the last sound in his words so he says cop for car or pop for pop you know we naturally 
we say, oh, pop, you're right, that's pop, pop, pop. So you're indirectly correcting them, but they're hearing the right way, the accurate way of saying the words and the sounds. So they say pop instead of pop. And you're just saying yes, because uh, what is the word that you said? A, a word approximation? Is that mm -hmm. what it is? So you're kind of like the word. And again, for those of you that don't know, the word approximation is a kid just pronouncing a particular word, not necessarily correctly, but enough to the point. And they're using it in the right context, correct? Mm -hmm. They're using it in the right context so that it's 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 the, it's word. the word. They're just not so, saying it correctly. Yeah. So instead of pop, they might be saying pop, but they're using it in the correct context, context consistently. So that would be a word approximation to the word pop. Mm -hmm. So now you're, so you're correcting them without actually correcting them because of the proper use of the word, which is the word approximation. The word <laughs> approximation is correct, right? Yeah. And I would advise parents, like if your kiddo says pop and you're like, no, 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 that's not how you say it. It's pop. I would right. say you could be more indirect with little kids. They go with more playfulness and um, indirectness. So, oh, you're right. It popped. And I would say highlight the word. Correct. Instead. Yes. Oh, pop, pop, pop and repeat it right? Not right. necessarily, no, 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 you said it wrong, because that's a bit discouraging for them. So I would always go with the indirect route for younger kids, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah, that yeah, makes and sense. you don't have to tell them, um, say this, say this. Usually, um, what I learned back in grad school, too, is that it is special is a lot of pressure for kids when you're like, say this, or say that, right? And sometimes kids don't like it when you're being demand, you're being demanded of them saying something, right? So it's less of a pressure when you have them, for example, fill in the blank, bubbles, go, and they say pop, or you start the word for them, pa, and they finish it. Or even if you pause longer, or if you say your turn, instead of say, 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 say. Sometimes some kids also, they wait for you to say, say, for them to um, say something. <laughs> How many times did I say, say? <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, there's a lot to cover with this. I don't really, um, I don't really know other things to tell you guys, but if you have questions, feel free to go on IG on TikTok and ask away because I'm there. And obviously too, Zach, it looks like he knows a, a good amount of things too about speech and language. Good well, job, you, Zachy. You've, made, you've tested so many things on me. You've shared with me, like shared with me so much information and made me do like, I was like a guinea pig. Like you think I really like, like I don't know anything about this at all. I actually, like you said, I know more than you think because apparently I remember more than you do. So <laughs> Yeah, Putaka. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to end this episode right here for you guys. If you um, want us to cover any topics, please go ahead and comment on our IG, my IG, Making Learning Special, and write us a review so we could continue to give you guys all this information. And as usual, go out there and make learning special for your little ones. See you guys. <laughs>